What's going on? Welcome back to the Will Ford Show, WFS episode 129. We did some winners of the NFL draft in the last episode a little bit ago. Now we're going to do some losers of the NFL draft, the teams that uh, we're only going to do three teams that I think really had the the worst NFL drafts, in my opinion. And they weren't necessarily all bad. I mean, there were some positives, but it definitely could have went a whole different direction for them. And once again, just like last time, I'm going to throw out a, a grade for the draft, but really it's not for the entirety of the draft. It's just the the first three or four rounds and then maybe some other notable players that might have slipped to to some later rounds. I, I Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know how good, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks are going to be. But obviously, there might be some notable players that fell down to those rounds just because of maybe injuries or, or you know, because they sat out a year or, or something like that. But the three teams that I think had the worst drafts, in my opinion, are the Green Bay Packers, the Las Vegas Raiders, and sorry, Alec Bell, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll start off with the Packers. I'll, I'll give them probably a, a C or a C minus for their draft. First off in round one, they took a corner. And meanwhile, all of this is like draft night. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to leave Green Bay. So I guess we should start with that. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to leave the Packers, didn't want to come back. And so what do you do in round one? You draft a corner, something that he doesn't want. The The Packers have drafted one offensive player, I think, in the past 12 drafts in the first round. And... That was Jordan Love last year who they traded up to get. And Jordan Love, it appears he is clearly not ready to play. And that's why the Packers have been, you know, signing quarterbacks to their team like Blake Bortles and I think someone else as well. They've only drafted one offensive player in the first round in the last 12 years. That's my point. And so they take Eric Stokes at corner from Georgia, who isn't even the best corner on his team. You know, Georgia has other defensive backs that are better than Eric Stokes. So they reached on Stokes. Stokes is still a decent player, but really he was kind of like a mid-second round talent, I thought. And they took him late first, which is is fine, but there was definitely other options on the board, and it's not a wide receiver. You could have traded up to get Rashad Bateman. Rondale Moore was still out there. Elijah Moore was still out there. There were so many other receivers you could have got because you really need someone to pair with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is special, and he's great. Not to take anything away from him, but you need another receiver to take some of that pressure off of Devontae Adams to allow him to work a little bit better because it can't just be Devontae Adams out there running every single route and catching every single ball. I mean, it's he's had some injuries over the last couple of years. He was hurt to start the year. Still had a fantastic year, but he was hurt to start the year. And so if you put another receiver on the other side of, of Devontae Adams, not only is it going to make it easier for Adams to get open because all of the attention is not going to be on him all the time, but it's going to make it a little bit easier for Aaron Rodgers too, assuming he is still there come the start of the next season because he's going to have another option to throw to. You know, Robert Tanyan at tight end isn't bad, and you know Valdez Scantling and and some of those guys are okay, but you know. You need a, a legitimate number two wide receiver, and I think they missed out big time on that, and they took Stokes. They needed a corner, but I just I think they could have addressed it later on. Plus, there's still some free agents out there. You know, Richard Sherman's still out there. I know he's old, but you could still bring him in cheap. I think Casey Hayward, who was on the team a couple years ago, 
is still a free agent. There are some other guys out there. So I know Green Bay, though, is not the best at bringing in free agents. But we're going to talk a little bit more about this Aaron Rodgers Packers scenario a little bit later after I do these these draft grades. But they took Stokes, whatever, in round one. Round two, I like this pick. This is kind of what salvages their draft a little bit. They got Josh Myers at center from Ohio State. It wasn't, you know, one of the highest graded centers, but certainly, you know, an up or not an upgrade. It's a downgrade from what they had last year, but they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency. So they replaced him the best that they could, and they brought in Josh Myers. So I'm fine with that. It gives some protection to Aaron Rodgers in the middle on the interior. So that's fine. I can't really hate on that pick because they that is a, a big need that they addressed there. Uh, will he start? I would assume so, but we'll see. Round three, they did eventually get a receiver in Amari Rodgers, but I think it's just too late. Like Amari Rodgers is okay, and Clemson does breed some pretty good wide receivers, but I don't know. Amari Rodgers, I don't think, was really anything too phenomenal. Obviously, he was taken in round three, and I don't know if he's going to be really anything compared to some of the late first-round receivers that were taken, early second-round receivers. I really think that Green Bay kind of missed out. And yeah, they got Josh Myers in round two, and they they might have reached on Myers a little bit. Myers probably could have been taken in the third round, and you could have taken a receiver in the second. So yes, they, they got what they needed, but they could have done so much better with it had they taken a receiver first. Then you could have taken Stokes probably later in the second, and then you could have taken Myers in the third. And I would feel a lot better about it if I were a Packers fan if I and if I were Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then in round seven, they got Kylan Hill, Mississippi State running back, who is actually like a, a pretty underrated running back. Now, Green Bay doesn't really need a running back, though. That's kind of the problem. So, you know, Aaron Jones is going to get the bulk of the carries. And, you know, they have some other guys there like A.J. Dillon. So I don't know if Kylan Hill is going to really get that many snaps. So it's kind of a wasted pick, in my opinion just because they already have the depth there. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, I give them a C- minus for their draft uh, with those selections. There were some other players too. Nothing that I'm going to pretend that I know about. So, yeah. Next, though, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, they are the kings of reaching on players, and I'll give them a D-plus for their draft because they took Alex Leatherwood in the first round at number 17, a guy that was probably going to slip to the mid-second mid second round or maybe early third round, uh, probably second round, though. And you still had guys like Christian Derrissaw on the board and Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins went in the second round, and I thought he was a first-round prospect. I mean, you really reached on Leatherwood there. Derrissaw was the second best, actually third best offensive tackle on the board. And you took Leatherwood, who was probably, you know, fifth or sixth. Yes, they get a tackle, which is a position of need, but Leatherwood was definitely going to be there in the second round. Uh, there's just no way he wouldn't have been. So I don't know. Like Mike Mayock used to be a draft analyst. And I feel like to me, if he was sitting there at the table, with Mel Kuyper and McShay, he would say that this was a, a reach. And I don't know why. I get that you might see something in him that other teams don't. You don't reach on a player like that. If you are seeing something that other teams don't, that means you can let that player slip a little bit and then take him with your next selection. I think the Raiders could have easily gotten him in the second round. 
In round two, though, they got a really nice pick, a player that I thought was going to go first round, and Trayvon Morig from TCU, a defensive back, safety. I, I think he can kind of step down and place maybe some slot corner or something like that. That's a really nice pickup, and I'll give that, that that's probably their best draft pick because I really thought he was going to go in the first round. And had they taken Morig in the in the first round, I wouldn't have hated that pick at all. I honestly really thought that Morig was going to go in the first round, so that's that's a nice pickup in round two. But then it you know rounds three and four, they reached on a lot of other guys again, like Malcolm Kuntz from Buffalo. I don't think anybody really knew who he was. Divine Diablo in round three, back to back picks. These were both players that were graded, you know, late round picks. And then they got another safety, Tyree Galipsy from Missouri. I think that's how you say his name, or Jalipsy, Galipsy, I don't know. Actually, no, Jalispy, I don't even know. Doesn't matter because they drafted three safeties. Granted, their, their secondary is not great, but they got three safeties. You don't need three safeties. You play two out there at a time, and they already have Jeff Heath. Morig would be the other. You don't need those other two. I get that you're getting some depth out of it, and maybe you can move some of them to corner, but not every safety can move to corner. Not every defensive back is like a Byron Jones that can start out at safety, bump down to corner, and be one of the best corners in the game. So I don't know. They drafted too many players at one position, and they reached on a lot of guys. Got good value with Morrig in the second round, but that's it. D+. Plus. Lastly, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're getting a D from me. Because one of the big problems with the Pittsburgh Steelers is their offensive line. It was one of the lowest graded offensive lines last season. Obviously, they lost Mike Pouncey to free or not free agency, but retirement. And he wasn't even really that good last year. And so really, they needed to address offensive line in this draft. And they did lose James Conner in free agency. So they do have a hole at running back. And they decided to take Najee Harris in the first round at running back. And that's fine. That's fine if you're going to address offensive line in rounds two, three, and four. And they really didn't do that all that much. There was definitely some really good value in, in the second round with some offensive linemen. Landon Dickerson was on the board. Dylan Raddins. There, there was a lot of players at tackle and on in, on the interior you know, Creed Humphrey at center, a lot of players. And they decided to take a tight end in Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, the second best tight end in the draft class. But why? Like they they have Eric Ebron, which I get, you know, he's kind of been a drop machine over his career, but he was fine. Like, I just don't think you needed a tight end. Yes, he can block. You can put him on the edge and he can help you in the run game, but not all the time. He's going to have to run some routes too. And uh, you can't just keep him in to block all the time. And it just doesn't help your offensive line. So I do like Fryermuth, but they didn't need him. I won't say it's a wasted pick, but they could have done better with it. And Fryermuth, that's probably a little early for Fryermuth too, because I he was someone that wasn't even really on my mind until like until they drafted him. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about him. That He probably could have slipped to the third round. But then they did get a couple offensive linemen in round three and four. Kendrick Green from Illinois at center. Dan Moore, an offensive tackle from Texas A&M. Dan Moore is the only one that I'm familiar with. I think I've heard the name, Kendrick Green. But again, I don't know if these players are going to start you know, rounds. You can find offensive linemen later in the draft. This was a deep offensive line draft, so you can find some later on. But I, I really think they needed to get 
one of those players in the second round. They didn't need Fryermuth. I think that was unnecessary. And then later on, you know, you could have just really stacked up on some offensive line. And they decided to get a bunch of defensive players. They got a linebacker, defensive lineman, edge rusher, a safety, and Trey Norwood that I actually like from Oklahoma in the the seventh round. I thought he was going to go earlier than that. And then also in round seven, you drafted a punter. Which I get, you know, round seven, you're not going to find all that much. There might be a few players that are, you know, going to make the 53-man roster and are actually going to play. And very rarely do you find a player that's just going to hit in the seventh round. But you you took a punter. I mean, come on. Like, no one was going to draft a punter in the seventh round. You could have just signed him as an undrafted free agent. I mean, to me... I like the Steelers defense is pretty good. Yeah, they lost some players in free agency. Mike Hilton, Bud Dupree left. They have some some minor holes, but you didn't need to draft four defensive players, I don't think, because their defense is still good enough without those guys that they can hold up. I really would have just went heavy offensive line. I love the Najee Harris pick, but you know, he might be good for the first couple weeks of the season, but running behind that shell of an offensive line. I mean, there's just nothing there. I just don't know how good the Steelers are really going to be offensively next year. Defensively, I think they'll be okay, but Big Ben aging, not that strong of an offensive line, and Najee Harris is not going to really have anywhere to run the football. That's that's going to be tough, and I just don't see the same type of season that the Steelers had last year. You know, for them this year, I don't see them starting eleven and zero or twelve and zero or whatever. Uh, I I don't even know if they get to eleven or twelve wins. They might be like a, I would say eight and eight, but there's seventeen games in the, this year. They might be like an eight and nine or a nine and eight team. They might be hovering around for a wild card spot in the AFC, but I just think they needed to address offensive line. And really, you could have passed on Najee Harris in round one, drafted some offensive line in rounds one and two. And you could have taken a guy like Chubba Hubbard from uh, Oklahoma State who wasn't even taken until, I think, round five. And Hubbard was a really good running back in college. So I think that would have even been better for the Steelers. You pass on you know, the obvious good player in, in Harris, but there is still some great running back value later on. So I, I would have passed on Harris and... Or at least just taking some better offensive linemen in round two and three. But that's fine. I'll give them a D and we'll see how it goes for them. Defense is going to be fine, but the offense, you know, they got so many weapons, but I just don't know how Big Ben's going to be able to stand upright or how Harris is going to be able to run between the tackles. Now, finally, this Aaron Rodgers drama. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. I think if he was going to be traded by the Packers, it would have happened already. And there's already talks that, you know, Aaron Rodgers thinks the situation is fixable. And if he thinks it's fixable, then he's already lost leverage. And I don't think he really had any leverage anyway. He's under contract. This isn't the NBA where teams will just fold and trade players for no apparent reason. Um, They don't have to, but they feel like they should. And I don't like that. And so Aaron Rodgers trying to force his way out of Green Bay, I mean, He's making his own bed because reports came out that he was telling free agents not to come to Green Bay because he wasn't going to be there. Like, how are you supposed to get help 
if you're telling players not to come. Players want to come play with you, and you're telling them no because you're not going to be there. That is shooting yourself in the foot. That's not your team not helping you out. That's players showing interest in coming to play with you in Green Bay and your front office not knowing about it. And then they don't then follow up on that interest and and meet with the team because the you know ownership doesn't know about it. So like why are you sabotaging yourself? I mean that is so petty and just unbelievably egregious in my opinion. I just don't understand why a player would do that just to spite the team they play for. You complain about not getting any help and your team not drafting any offensive players or whatever the case may be, but when you're literally telling players that want to play with you to stay away, that's on you. That's a reflection on your character, Aaron Rodgers. But it seems like he's preoccupied anyways with Jeopardy. He's gonna. It looks like he's going to be the host of Jeopardy for the summer or something like that. So I don't know. I, he, he's not going anywhere, though. And the reason why he's not going anywhere is because the Packers already received the best trade offer they were ever going to get on draft day or before draft day when these reports were coming out. The 49ers offered Green Bay Jimmy Garoppolo the number three pick and then a bunch of other picks. If I'm Green Bay, I am taking that deal. I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers, yes, he's an MVP and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, but he is aging. He's 37. He's only got a couple years left. He's not going to play till 45 like Tom Brady will. He just He's had too many injuries to the collarbone area. If you're Green Bay, you take that deal. You get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, I, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a nice consolation to Rodgers because really no one is unless you're getting, you know, like a Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, which that would never happen. That's unprecedented and it would never happen. So I'm not even going to really consider it. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still a decent quarterback that you can play with and win games with. Plus, you get the number three pick if you're Green Bay. With that number three pick, you could take Kyle Pitts right out from underneath the Atlanta Falcons. Or if you don't want Pitts, I guess you can take a wide receiver. You can take Jamar Chase or whatever to put opposite of Devontae Adams. You have Jimmy Garoppolo there. Or if you really wanted to, you could take on Jimmy Garoppolo and you could still use that number three pick to draft a quarterback, whether it's Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, whoever. And then maybe you try and trade... Jimmy Garoppolo away and then maybe you can get some more draft picks or whatever like whatever you want to do but to me that is as much value as you're gonna get for a quarterback ever you get you're getting draft picks you get the number three pick in the draft plus a you know a proven quarterback who's taken a team to a Super Bowl and the Packers have a Super Bowl caliber roster I believe yeah they've got a few holes but They made it to the NFC Championship two years in a row. I think they would still be a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo in there when he's healthy. He's got to be healthy, obviously. He can't just be limping around out there. And obviously, that's been the big if with Jimmy Garoppolo is can he stay on the field? Because whenever he's been on the field, the 49ers typically win. When he's not on the field, the 49ers typically lose. And they're typically pretty bad, too. So to me, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I would have jumped on that deal. Because you're not going to get anything better. You're not going to get a legitimate starting quarterback plus a top three pick in the draft plus several other picks 
for an aging quarterback. You're, you're just not going to get that from any other team. Denver's not going to give you that kind of deal. The Cleveland Browns are certainly not going to trade Baker Mayfield and a bunch of other picks for Aaron Rodgers. I would maybe consider it, but they're not going to do it though. They're not going to give up all that much after the Browns literally just build up their team to support Baker Mayfield. The Packers, I think, should have taken that deal for Aaron Rodgers. Now, unless they definitely think that this is fixable, then it's fine. But they really didn't do a very good job in the draft to try to support him. But I also, I but I blame Aaron Rodgers. This is mostly on Aaron Rodgers because he, uh, this offseason at least, because he's been telling free agents not to come. And I'm sorry, I can't have much sympathy. And I can't feel sorry for a player who won't get out of his own way just to spite his team because they're not doing what he wants. I'm sorry. I don't care how good you are. I don't care who you are or how good you are at what you do. I am not bowing down and kissing someone's feet. I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers is not that. Tom Brady's not even that. Bill Belichick proved it. So suck it up, buttercup, if you're Aaron Rodgers. You just got to suck it up. And you got to straighten up your act because to me, that's, that is a tradable offense. If you're not like, I I would get rid of Aaron Rodgers if I were the Green Bay Packers because he's sabotaging the team. It's childish behavior. I wouldn't stand for it if I were a GM. Obviously it's tough. I'm sitting here being a, you know, an armchair GM like a lot of people like to do. I get that it's a tough situation, and if I'm in that situation, yeah, I'm sure it would be totally different. This is just me from the outside looking in. Much easier that way to to break it down, but end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is being childish, and the Green Bay Packers should have traded him to the 49ers on draft night. They didn't do it. They're not going to get a better offer than that, and now they've got to try to fix this situation because the Packers do have a... a Super Bowl-ready roster. They're, they've been knocking on the door two years in a row. Preserving the relationship with Rodgers is the only thing that they can do now to maintain their chances at a Super Bowl. That's it for episode 129. Appreciate you tuning in. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. The play-in games are, are going down, so I got a lot to spill on that. But make sure you follow the show on Twitter at The Will Ford Show for any episode links that are tweeted out. Also, follow me on TikTok. My TikTok is at The Will Ford Show. Check it out. I've been posting a lot of NFL content um, with the, you know, the, the filter that goes on your head with random NFL teams and then you draft teams and stuff like that. I've been doing that recently. A lot of fun. Uh, one video has 32,000 views on it and a couple other have hit in the, in the couple thousands and some in a couple hundred. So like I'm, I'm trying to build something here on TikTok. So go check me out on TikTok at the Will Ford show. Give me a follow and also give me a like and follow here on SoundCloud uh, and give me a rate and review on Apple podcasts as well. And I'll see you in episode 130. This is WFS, the Will Ford show. <laughs>